All right. Another special episode of the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And uh, the last two weeks and this week, same thing. We're sharing from the Monetize Your Ministry Summit recordings. Last week, we shared Pierre Quinn. Week before, we shared Dr. Amber L. Wright. This week, woo, we're sharing my guy, my business partner, my friend, Dr. Myron Edmonds. He just simply shared so much value in his presentation at the summit. And you have to hear this, how to create a movement from your story, from your experience. Listen, if you have not heard this before, you got to hear this. And if you heard it before, you want to hear this again. Now, we're planning to do another summit in January 2024, and I need your help. I need you to tell me some of the presenters you want to hear in the next summit. So go ahead and drop it in the comments below. Go ahead and send me a DM, send me a message. Let me know who are some of the people you want to hear in the summit next year. And now, without any further ado, let's check out this episode with Dr. Myron Edmonds. Let's go. Yes, yes, yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you. We can hear you. I'm on Uncle Sam's uh, internet, so I just need to make sure that y'all pay those taxes. <laughs> yes, sir. This is this is our tax money right here in action. Listen, first of all, uh, everyone sees you in military gear. So first of all, I want to salute the fact that you're serving your country. Thank you for your service to your country that you're out here sacrificing time away from your family and you are, you're serving. So, Myron. You're talking about creating a movement using your unique ministry. I want to set you up by saying this. How do I even begin finding the people who need the thing that God has put inside of me? That's a great question. Um, Kimon, I've been thinking about this literally all day. <laughs> and I told you, you asked me earlier, so man, <laughs> you know exactly what you want to talk about. I said, I'm praying on this thing. And... Um, I do think I have something that I can share with the folks as it relates to that question about um, essentially, a, to me, a movement. Let me start here first. I think a movement happens when people gather around an idea or a problem or a cause and they gather around it to do something about it. Uh, incidentally, um, there's a lot of us who have these personal passions that are derived from painful experiences or from something that we see that kind of gets our goat more than anything else. I actually wrote a book about this, not even knowing that this is something that you were actually coaching me to do. Uh, my book, uh, The Frustrated Leader, was literally the concept that every major movement that has ever begun has started with someone who got frustrated or got angry about something or found some pain point in something. So I think the starting point for many of us um, that we have to start wrestling with. So we need to start identifying what the thing is that bothers us mm -hmm. and whatever that is. I mean, even so, I mean, uh, Steve Jobs, like, you know, he was bothered by the current standard of technology in his day and decided to go in his garage and do something about it. Um, and you can see this over and over again, this pattern of people who just kind of get frustrated, unsettled. There's a pain point. In my case, it was my own personal painful experience. And I, and I think it's important for people to understand that um, the people that we see out here, and you didn't ask me this, but I want I still let it say this. A lot of times we look at the people out here who are doing what we want to do. Maybe mm -hmm. they have a social media following. They have started a movement. 
Uh, maybe they're making the kind of income we want to make. Maybe they have speaking engagements and so forth. And I think we assume that these people are so much more different than we are, so much more talented than we are, that they have so many more resources than we have. And one of the things that you taught me when I hired you as a coach to come alongside me was is that essentially the only difference between me and all of those people that I was watching that I thought were so far away from me uh, was that I had not really dialed into the singular thing mm. that bothered me. Wow. And I, 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 I want to I start there, uh, Kimo, because you can't find the people. You can't find the movement. Mm. You can't you can't lock into this community until number one, I think the every movement starts with a person who's moved. Wow. <clears throat> I'll stop there. I have oh, I have I've sev- have several other points on that. Actually, <laughs> oh how to start a movement. And to me, I think it's first starts with you have to be moved to your core in some form or fashion about whatever it is that you feel like you want other people to be moved by. And until then, you ain't going to find them because you don't even know what moves yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I think that's powerful. And again, I always want to bring this back when we talk about ministry, right? This ain't preaching. This is how you serve others. And it sounds like this holy discontent mm-hmm. is the mm-hmm. first raw material for the whoever God wants you to reach, right? And, and movement, it might be thousands, right? But it might be hundreds. But it mm-hmm. has to start with, as you said, you being moved you being moved now you said there's more so help us out like you, you're moved like, a lot of people get moved a lot of people are we get moved and we just post a bunch of stuff randomly right or we just get moved and we make a lot of noise or we do nothing what's how do i do something with that to, to start getting to people yeah it's true and that was me so let's just be honest um i'm a pastor and I'm moved by a lot of things. <laughs> I have a lot of interests. And you know, tell, let's tell a story. When I first came to you, well, actually, you came to me and you were like, dude, I think you have something yeah, with this yeah. thing with men. This was not something that I saw. And I know a lot of people probably now are like, really? You didn't see that? Dude, the funny thing is, this yeah. story, I wrote a dissertation. My doctoral work was on how to develop African-American males into spiritual leaders who are apathetic, right? <laughs> but I was still totally clueless. I was, I was passionate about a lot of things. A lot of stuff. And I, and I think people who are passionate about a lot of things have not been moved yet. You, there's, there, there, is, there is a shaking, but there's no mm. movement. You've not been moved to position yourself to get a cause. So second step that I would tell people is, is I think you need to get help, Right. And so if you're here watching right now, I think there are many of you, you may have an idea, you may have several ideas, because that's kind of where I was. And I was telling Kimon, essentially, nah, man, you're not going to box me in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. God's given me multiple passions and multiple gifts and so forth and so on. And he was like, nah, bro, you got you to gotta lock in. So, but what helped me to get this sense of clarity, where I literally feel like right now, my calling in life is to men. And here's what's crazy. I didn't even realize that by getting help, that's the second step, from you as a coach, paying you money, saying, come alongside and help me to figure this thing out. That as a result of doing that, that my whole life started making sense. Like I joined the military and had no idea why I joined the military. I'm just be honest. I just literally walked through a door and I told God, I said, Lord, if you allow me to get into the military at 42 years old, uh, 41 years old, 
then I know that you're in it. But I didn't know why I was in it. And then it just hit me just being here. I was like, the military is 72% men. <laughs> the majority of the people uh, that I spend time with are men. I literally just got off a flight with some pilots and I flew cockpit with three, four other men and built relationships with men. God literally has been doing this my whole life, but I couldn't see it until I got help. And there are many of you right now, you're watching this, you're taking the information in, you watch a thousand YouTube videos, you, wrote a you read a bunch of books, but you are not personally prepared to go get the help that you need to help you to zero in and get a, some clarity on what the movement is that you're supposed to start because you don't know quite yet what moves you. And I think you need to get help to do that. Some of you are already up the road and you have that kind of clarity, but if you don't have that clarity, I think that self-awareness often comes from the help that you get from others, coaches, uh, et cetera, to, to bring you to that, uh, that notion. That's good. That's good. Because sometimes we feel, I know myself, and a lot of times, listen, it's, it's, it's having a healthy self-distrust to say, no, I don't know myself. Let me get somebody who can think about this problem longer than I've been thinking about it to help me to clarify this thing. So that's a good step. Yeah, now, and I, let me say this. You didn't, you, for example, your passion, my passion are not the same, but I, I just want to say this, Kimo. There, there are a lot of us out here that we cheapen our own gifting mm -hmm. and our own assignment because you ain't never invested in it, ever. You've never invested. You've cheapened it. You've invested in everybody else. You've paid for other people's resources, books, materials. You're reading everything. But you have never invested. I had to get help. In, in my case, that help was I had to hire somebody to help me to work through this process. And I want you to know that that was the best decision I ever made in my life when it comes to this. Wow, yeah. that's good, man. Now, yeah. we're talking about movements. We're talking about this stuff. There's something you said that that I want to zero in on. I had to find a thing, right? Now, for a lot of us, it's not just what we say yes to. It's all the stuff we stop saying we start mm -hmm. saying no to. And mm -hmm. for anyone who's been following Myron for a while, Dr. Myron, you go to his Instagram, it's Myron Live. You'll see there 80,000 plus followers on there. Mm -hmm. You would think people would follow me if I'm posting on a variety of topics, <laughs> right? I'm just a smorgasbord, right? I'm like a buffet. Yeah. But talk about that focus and how the focus has opened doors. Because someone, when we talk about finding your ministry, is going to say, well, I don't want to say no to all this stuff I've been doing. Talk about how focus has helped to open doors and increase your, your reach. Yeah, the only reason why I have, I mean, cumulatively, probably over 120,000 social media followers. Honestly, it's not because of me. And, and I just need to, I need to dismiss and disabuse us, unlearn us of those mindsets. Again, this is the second time I said it came out. Nobody that you're looking at is more talented or more gifted than you at whatever it is that you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. So don't look at me or look at somebody else or some influencer who has the following or has the movement and you say, well, he's talented, he's gifted and you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's why, honestly, I didn't have, came on, did I have, did I have that following on social no. media? Until I got focused. <laughs> like, yeah, until like, Simone told me, dude. And Simone just said it a few minutes ago. Shout out to Simone. And all of these speakers have been amazing. I'm just back here shouting. I mean, I'm, I'm over here at my boy's house. I tear his house up. It's just been amazing. This stuff is worth thousands. But it wasn't until I was obedient to the coach who said, dude, stop posting about evangelism. Stop posting about this. Stop posting. You know, dude, get focused. Use the social media as a tool if this is what you want to do. 
And honestly, I literally, you saw it, Kimon, I literally started seeing my following go up. And this is where the movement happened. Because I started talking about what I'm perfectly designed to talk yeah. about, which is something that I'm painfully aware of, which is my own personal struggles as a man. I'm built for this. I'm perfectly designed to reach the current and former version of myself. And so are you. You're perfectly designed for that. Nobody can do that better than you. When you finally get to your unique and specialized assignment, that one thing that you're supposed to do, can't nobody do it better than you. They don't exist. They don't exist. But there is a group of people. Everybody has a tribe out there. You just haven't found them yet. There's a group of people who share your story, who share your experience, who share um, um, the same concern that you have or the same problem, the same interest that you may have. And you will not find them until you focus. Mm -hmm. And focusing helps you to build the movement. Interestingly enough, and I'm going to throw this out here. And um, Dr. Martin Luther King, right? So we'll use him as an example of somebody who started a movement. I would, we'd all agree, right? He started the yeah. movement, right? Y'all know he pastored a church, right? That's right. Y'all know his church was not a mega church. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know that. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying, like, he leaned into the movement aspect of his assignment, and I have another good friend of mine who I mentioned, Pastor Michael McBride of the Live Free Movement. Like, he has chosen for his ministry, and I'm going somewhere with this, Kimon, to impact people who are disproportionately impacted by the system of which we live in via oppression or what, what have you, Martin Luther King, uh, you know, discrimination, et cetera, right? Fighting for equality, social justice, et cetera, right? At some point, Martin Luther King had to make a choice I don't care what the National Baptist Convention says about me as a pastor. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if they don't feel that I'm, you know, not a good pastor compared to everybody else who is following this particular pattern or paradigm. Uh, you guys track what I'm saying? What I'm saying oh, is yeah. like, oh, yeah. and this is the other point I'm missing. You have to get over yourself and you have to get over others in order to do what you are uniquely supposed to do. And I want to say this. You, it is, I don't know anybody who decided to lean into that unique thing that didn't find their, that didn't find their, um, their, their tribe, right? I, I don't know, I don't know, who, I don't know anybody who didn't really like lean into their fighter tribe. And then secondly, I don't know anybody who didn't decide to lean into their unique thing wholeheartedly and didn't find a bunch of haters and people who didn't understand mm. and people who are trying to talk you out of doing what you're supposed to do and people telling you, that you know what you're doing is not what you're supposed to be doing and if you are hearing that then guess what you are a part of a movement yeah. <laughs> you're a part of a movement of people who are deciding that they're going to lean into their unique assignment and when you do that that's the only way that you'll find the other people who share the same value system and the same concern that you are vis-a-vis -vis your movement dude you said something there man that leaning in if you lean in you attract the right people but you also attract some people who will try to discourage you. And you have to be singular. I'm hearing from you. Okay, this is my ministry. This is my assignment. And even if there are people who are naysaying this, man, I'm not coming down off this wall. This is this is what God gave me to do. This is who God called me to reach. Yeah. You know, one of the hardest things about going into business, because this is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to be unclear about this you you have to get over yourself and you the, the i would say the limiting belief systems that we have 
you know, there's a statement that you and I are familiar with from a from a great book that we, that you and a few others of us have been reading in our little accountability group. And the statement is, is your unconscious, you un, your unconscious mind will only allow you to have what you feel you deserve. Listen, so, that, say that one more time and somebody put yeah, it in the comments. Your unconscious mind. So basically, you know, naturally your default setting is to only allow yourself to have what you feel you deserve. And I'll tell you this, this is honestly probably the number one reason why many of us have not monetized our ministry. Why many of us do not have a movement. Why many of us haven't gone on social media. Why many of us haven't decided to write the book. Why many of us haven't decided not to speak. Because you do not feel that you deserve it. Um, one, one of my, one, I read a book a, few, uh, a couple of years ago and, he, and it's, that's called Upper Limiting that we will only allow ourselves to have so much success because we often find ourselves as the critical ones. Now see, if you're critical of other people, then you don't think you're gonna be critical of yourself. If, you're, if you are gossiping and bad-mouthing other people's uh, unique pathway of finding out their passion and doing, like you have to ask yourself, do you sit around and gossip and criticize people for taking risks? Critic so then why do you think that when you hear the same voices that are telling you, no, you can't do it, that you shouldn't do this, or maybe your own voices of being intimidated by the success of others, why do you feel like you don't naturally agree with that? Because that's who you are. And so like, you have to get over yourself in order to get over other people and just know this is what you born to do. This is what yeah. you're born to do, do it. So that's why I tell people, you need to get moved. You need to get help. You need to get clarity. Shout out to my brother, Seth Yolorda, right? Yep. And singularity. That's essentially what we're saying, a focus. And then the next point that we ended up on just now is, is that you have to get over yourself and others. I got two more and I'm done. All right. So, and then the sixth thing, and these are seven things that you need to do to start a movement. So I'll just say it again for people to take notes. You need to get moved personally. You need to get help so somebody can help you to get mm -hmm. a sense of a plan, really, and, um, and, and focus. And so that's why number three is to get clarity and singularity, right? Mm -hmm. And then after that, you want to get over yourself. You are going to, there are going to be things to intimidate you. Most of those things are going to come from inside of your own head. You need to get over yourself and you need to pursue the thing because nobody's better at you than uh, better at doing you than you. And right. you are enough to find your tribe and your movement. And so number six is to get, get a community. All right. Now, this is where the movement actually happens. Someone, yeah. Now, the, the, the community is only going to find you when you put yourself out there. Now, this doesn't necessarily apply to everyone, but I'll just say this for people who can relate to me, Kimo, all right? Because some of you may be selling a product or whatever, but but even in that case, I would yeah. sell, I would say almost almost everything that you're selling, you have to sell yourself. Absolutely. Most of the time, people are not buying your products, they're buying your story. You, yeah. Right. And they're buying your story. And so I I I I the power of vulnerability and transparency and sharing your story is where you need to insert and you need to insert this point right here. Uh, how are people going to find you if they don't know you? Mm -hmm. 
And the only way for people to know you is for you to find platforms and stages and opportunities whereby you can share your story. Um, I'm in the process right now, uh, Kimon, of writing a book. This is my Magna Carta book. This is my philosophical uh, foundational book about what God has taught me about how men went into things that matter. And what I started realizing is, is that my, watch this, even with all of the social media influence that I have, that my movement was limited because I did not tell my story through a book. Mm. Mm. Listen, I, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty good speaker, right? People are not going to ask you to speak if you haven't written about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about it in, in your space. Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm yeah, saying yeah, is yeah. you need to find these spaces where you are able to reach the people that you want to reach by telling your story. That's how the community comes to you. They come to you because you have already met them in the same spaces that you are. And so how you tell your story and share your story must happen in multiple ways. Man, right. you know this. You know this thing is fired, man. They just took your camera off, man. They, they, I don't back. know how that happened, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, I'm back. Man, listen, I'm back. I'm back. the computer is just yeah. hot because it's like, man, this guy's just dropping some <laughs> heat here. That's what's happening. <laughs> All right, and 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 so I think the the people in pain are looking for the people in pain, right? You know, let's say misery loves company, um, not necessarily, but. People who are in pain are looking for people who share their experience mm -hmm. to share, whatever that may be, whatever service industry that you may find yourself in. And then last but not least, and I'll end here, is I think you need to get a system. And that's the last point. Mm -hmm. You have to get a system. So get moved, right? Get help. Get schooled. I mean, you got to learn and understand what you're into. Like, you need to become a subject matter expert. In the military, we call that a SME, right, on, on what you what your passion is. You, you need to have more than just passion. You need to educate yourself about it. Thanks. Shout out to Pierre for saying that. Number five, you need to get over yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Number four, get clarity and singularity. Number five, get over yourself. Number six, get a community. That's how, after all those steps, that's how you build the movement. And then last but not least, you need to get a system to sell. Mm -hmm. Now, I know people don't like to hear that from a pastor. <laughs> talk about it. I mean, they're here. They're here. Monetize your ministry summit. But you, yeah, exactly. So I'm preaching to the choir. But even though I'm preaching to the choir, I would come to these events and still, like in the back of my mind, like, man, should I really be selling? You know, Kimo, how many times did you and I have meetings where I was, uh, I was trying to give everything away? Oh, free? Lord. And yeah. what I started realizing is people will never value what you have until there's an exchange. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so there needs to be a system, right, for how you are able to offer the solution to the pain point to people. And that, and that system has to be based on monetization, not in a capitalistic society. Will people ever value what you have until you put a price beside it? And that's a whole nother conversation. We don't have time for that tonight because we're talking about a movement. But I want you to know that more people will show an interest. Your, in other words, your community will grow when you sell. It's not the opposite because the people that are actually looking for you are, and here's what I found quick story. So, you know, I'm a pastor. And so, you know, church people, you know, they're, they're obviously are asking for what I do and what I offer for free. And the truth is a lot of what I've done, I've done for free for many years, but it's interesting. The movement, the men that I know who are successful in the professional life, but maybe struggling in their personal lives and in their family lives, their spiritual lives. These brothers are like, dude, can we pay for this? 
They're, they're, they're asking me, well, what can I buy? <laughs> because they value it. Your, listen, your community and your tribe are the ones that are willing to pay for what you have to offer. If they are not willing to pay for what you have to offer, they're not a part of your movement. They're not. <laughs> that's, that's a way to figure out if they are a part of your tribe. And it says nothing about the people who don't want to. It just simply says that they don't want it that bad. They're mm -hmm. not that interested in it. But there's a whole lot of people who are interested in what you have to offer and are willing to remunerate you for what you have to offer. And that is, that has to be designed around the system. Yeah. Dude, I hope you write a book. This is a book right here. We just got a masterclass. This whole, this whole summit, right? Like there's so many things, but you just gave us seven steps for building a ministry-based movement. And somebody needs to make sure you are taking action on this.